Hi everyone, I'm Jordan Weirs, your host for the Savant Report Rapid Recap. As you can tell, this week we're doing something a little bit different. I have the privilege of working from my home office, and so I'm recording this week's podcast via webcam from my home office. And uh, if you guys like it, let us know, send us an email, and we'll make sure that we do it more often. So this week we are in the very end of March 2016, which means the first quarter is almost gone, and what a quarter it has been. We have seen an absolutely uh, volatile, I think volatile is really the only way to describe 2016 Uh, So far, it's been a very volatile first quarter. And so let's talk about what my prognosis and what my forecast for 2016 was and where we stand today. Uh, Tail end of 2015, I put out my 2016 forecast that said we had about a 30% chance of recession in 2016 or 2017. And uh, shortly after the new year, we saw a lot of banks, uh, Royal Bank of Scotland, RBS came out and told other clients to sell everything that they own. Uh, We had J.P. Morgan, Merrill Lynch come out and say that they felt their chance of recession was between 25 and 35 percent in 2016. I'm extending my forecast to 2017 because it's very difficult to pin uh, recession quarter by quarter, but 2016 or 2017, I basically said we had about a 30% chance of that. We saw the markets absolutely fall out of bed at the beginning of this year. Everyone was talking about recession, and I looked like a really smart guy. Then what happened is very quickly, the market sold off, and it seemed like almost instantaneously, the big institutional buyers bought it back and bought it back really hard and really fast. And so what we've seen is, is in one quarter, we've gone from being optimistic to being terribly pessimistic to being very optimistic again. Then we got pessimistic again, and now we're optimistic again. It has been one hell of a ride. And what's really important, what I want to stress to our subscribers, is you cannot take the news and the headlines week by week and make investing decisions based on that. You can make trading decisions based on the sentiment changing and whatnot, but making investment decisions, you know, you really have to be able to look past all of that. And that's why we only do Savant Report podcasts every couple of weeks because we don't want to give our subscribers and investors too much on too regular of a basis to just cloud what's happening because the headlines change so very quickly. What I find really interesting and really astonishing is that People change their mind and their opinions very, very quickly. At the beginning of 2016, everyone was of the mind that, that uh, 2016 was going to have a recession. And uh, it wasn't just me, but there was a lot of folks out there making the identical calls. In fact, even just a few weeks after I did, uh, that uh, 2016 was just going to be a bad year. Now, all of a sudden, we see the S&P today up over 2050, 2060 uh, being really, really strong. And... It concerns me for a couple of reasons, and here's why. I don't know that what we went through you could actually call a market correction. Uh, I think that what we saw was um, a very quick sell-off, some fear and panic put in the market uh, mid and late last year because of uh, China. And then I think what we saw was uh, people think that it wasn't going to affect the U.S. much and bought the market back, and then people got scared again, and we just did this this tug-of-war with the markets. So I'm going to tell you, after uh, we end this quarter on a relatively positive note for the equities markets, 
that I still believe we have about a 30% chance of recession in 2016 or 2017. I'm not changing my opinion on that. And the reason why is that the global economic factors and the domestic economic factors really haven't changed much. Uh, the U.S. has been on crack cocaine in terms of monetary policy with very, very low interest rates and lots of stimulus. We've seen uh, the bond bubble take effect and go uh, a lot higher and a lot stronger than what we ever thought it would be. And we've probably seen interest rates bottom, at least uh, <laughs> that's my view on it at this point, is that we've seen interest rates bottom. And, um, and, and now where do we stand? Well, the Fed came out today with relatively dovish comments, which means that they're being very careful about uh, how they talk about raising interest rates, and they're going to do it very slowly and very methodically. Uh, they're not giving too many hints on uh, exactly how many times they're planning on raising interest rates. Uh, they've mentioned twice uh, that they might raise interest rates twice, but um, you know, 2016 is proving to be the year of uh, what, you, what you think you know you don't really know, and the, the po political election cycle is proof of that. So I don't know that we can rule out uh, one interest rate high, two or three in 2016. I don't know what's going to happen, but I would be very surprised if we raised it more than once or twice. The Fed is not dumb people. I might not agree with what they say and what they do and how they operate, but they're not dumb people by any stretch of the imagination. They know that raising interest rates will have an impact, and primarily it impacts the lending, and that impacts banks' ability and, and well, maybe not their ability, their appetite to lend and how aggressive they're going to lend. Uh, it affects interest rate costs for businesses and for consumers across the board. So, you know, that also means that that's less money that consumers have to spend on other things if they're paying more in interest rates. Of course, being in the real estate business, the commercial real estate business, we have tens and tens of millions of dollars of debt that we carry on behalf of our uh, investors and our clients, as well as uh, myself and my own portfolio as well. So we're very interest rate sensitive. Here's what I can tell you about the interest rate cycle. I believe that coming out of the Great Recession, as it's been dubbed, uh, we're, we're going to be very shy to raise interest rates very quickly or very far. I was right in my call that uh, in, in the, the last quarter of 2015 that the Fed was going to raise rates. They did it. They can say, uh, looking backwards, that they did raise rates uh, in 2015, which I think was an important year for them to start to establish their going forward monetary policy of raising rates uh, very carefully, albeit. But this interest rate cycle, I think, is going to be very benign. I think uh, real interest rates are going to top in the high fives, maybe low 6% range. And that's a very comfortable place for us to be. Not that it doesn't matter that we don't get our 35 and 45 and 5% interest rates anymore, because it does matter. In fact, when you carry $100 million of uh, debt in your portfolio, 1% of interest is a uh, million dollars a year in extra interest cost. So that is very significant. But... From a historical basis, mid-fives or low 6% in terms of interest rates is a very, very healthy, very comfortable place to be. It's not too high, and it's certainly not too low. So I think that over the course of the next uh, you know, coming few years here, if we see interest rates get to a normalized level in that area, it's, it's not a bad thing at all. In fact, I think it'll be a very healthy thing. What scares me is how quickly this stock market has rallied back. What scares me is how fast and how strong 
our real estate recovery has been from 2012 to 2016, the beginning of 2016. Here we are. It's only been a few short years, and real estate values are going through the roof. I'll give you an example. Uh, and, of course, there were good deals that happened back in the day, but I looked at buying a uh, an office building today that's uh, in a, about in the mid $4.5 million range, and uh, the seller bought the note in 2011 for $1.4 million, and now they're trying to sell the building for $4.5 million. Uh, really big profits. And uh, I sat and explained to the seller and to the broker why that number didn't make a lot of sense in, in, uh, you know, from a financial and economic perspective. And they proceeded to tell me that somebody will pay it. And you know what? They're right. Somebody probably will pay it. That means that real estate prices are coming back very, very quickly. In fact, they're coming back faster than the rent rates are recovering. And I think that's the challenge in the real estate market is, uh, you know, interest rates. We certainly have room for interest rates to rise, but we also need rents to rise with it. Well, interest rates really a big part of raising interest rates is inflation. You have to be careful because you don't want to stomp out in any uh, signs of inflation with higher interest rates. And so uh, we have very, you know, very modest wage growth, very low wage growth. Uh, we have very low inflation really across the board. We've seen the commodity cycle completely uh, fall over on its head. So uh, we don't have very high commodity prices. So in inflation really isn't taking hold. And so there's not a lot of reason why interest rates need to, to rise or why uh, they would rise or, excuse me, raise interest rates other than for the sake of being able to say that they're not giving banks effectively free money at this point. So, um, you know, when you look at 2016, I'm really not changing, and, and 2017, by the way, I'm not changing my forecast any because I don't really feel like anything's changed. China's still in trouble. We have sovereign debt problems all over the world. Uh, last week in the Savant Report uh, weekend summary that we emailed out, we talked about uh, Puerto Rico and their sovereign debt issue. Uh, but also the great opportunities in real estate in Puerto Rico as well. And so, you know, uh, we have all these things happening around the world, and there's really no good news coming from it. In fact, we have more bad news coming from it. We have uh, North Korea saying that they have a nuke. We have Iran that continue to, 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 to break the, uh, the treaties. And uh, we have oil prices in the toilet, and we have uh, oil companies going bankrupt left and right. We have um, you know farmers that are struggling because of low uh, yeah, low commodity prices, low crop prices. We have uh, China, that house of cards that's falling apart. We have you know, ISIS that's effectively taken over the image of Germany. Uh, we have a lot of things happening in the world right now that are not necessarily bullish from an economic perspective. So uh, while I'm a contrarian by nature and I like buying good values when no one else sees the value in it. Uh, and buying things at low prices, I don't necessarily know that there's enough blood in the water from a global perspective to get really excited about the U.S. domestically riding on the tailwinds of anything happening around the world. In fact, if anything, I think what's happening around the world is really going to be a dampener. I think it's going to be a headwind for us here in the U.S. So we saw some GDP numbers uh, late uh, last year that weren't so good. They got revised up first quarter of this year. And uh, I expect 2016 and 2017 to be relatively low GDP uh, years. And I think that we're going to see a lot of volatility in that. So during periods of time like this, here's what I found, is when you're unsure, it's a lot better 
to be out of the market than it is to be in it and be worried and losing sleep. I don't think that I'm smarter than the market, and I think that's what makes me a great investor, is I don't wake up every day thinking that I have to outsmart the market or know what everyone else doesn't know. I think it's important. What makes me a great investor uh, is my attitude that I know what I know, and I also know what I don't know. And I don't try and make it up and take bets and gamble on which way something's going to go, and I simply just don't have an idea. 2016 and 2017 is a bit like that. Uh, I don't know where the markets are going to go, both in the equities markets and in the uh, real estate markets. I really do believe that 2016 and 17 are going to be soft years in the real estate market. So we're keeping some, some dry powder, uh, some cash in the bank, some liquidity, so to speak, uh, to take advantage of softening in the real estate market in 2016 and 2017, especially in the commercial realm. We've seen across the country, and especially here in, in our home market, Las Vegas, uh, the uh, you know six, seven, eight percent uh, appreciation rates over the last twelve months, twelve, eighteen months, uh, and that's coming off some really extraordinary appreciation rates after uh, the Great Recession, as we call it, the real estate-led recession that put Las Vegas real estate into the dumps. Uh, but you know, we we are due for a slowing. We are due for a less optimistic quarter or two or three. And so uh, I'm kind of waiting for that softening to take hold. And I'm really hoping that it happens in the commercial real estate market as well, because I think it would be a great opportunity to pick up some good deals. So when in doubt, stay on the sidelines. And that's effectively what we're doing. We sent a letter out to all of our investors today detailing uh, our attitude and our mindset in terms of acquiring and how aggressive uh, we were acquiring in 2013 and 14 and going into 2015. And at the end of 2015, we really started doing a lot fewer deals and being a lot more picky about uh, the deals that we were uh, that we were buying because we feel like we're due for a little bit of a leveling off. And if you can get sellers of property to be a little bit more realistic with you, um, it's certainly better than buying when everybody is just optimistic and the sky's the limit. And um, I don't see a bubble in real estate. I don't see a bubble in commercial real estate or residential real estate for that matter. But I do think it is time to be very picky and very choosy with what you invest in. And I think if you take that mindset and echo that on the equity side of the business as well, in stocks and and uh, you know the, the Dow and the S&P and uh, the energy sector, you know, uh, is full of turmoil right now. But but be choosy and be picky with what you're buying, and you're going to really end up a lot better of an investor. So that's kind of my attitude for 2016. Uh, that's where I think interest rates are heading. Really, over the next five, ten years, is uh, I, I think we're going to see them right around those those uh, mid five and a half, high five and a half, low sixes. Um, you know, in terms of real interest rate, I think that's fine. I don't think the Fed's going to raise rates uh, incredibly uh, fast or incredibly quickly. Uh, I don't see the world recovering from their global economic issues extremely quickly. Uh, I, th I think we're going to start to enter a more normalized pace here. And that may be a great thing. Uh, I continue to wait for a few things to happen, a few big opportunities. Number one is I'm definitely interested in buying Puerto Rican real estate. Uh, I need to make a business trip, if you know what I mean, and go out there and uh, and start looking for some properties for myself, actually. I'm watching farmland values and waiting for the farmland values to come down really hard and heavy. 
I'm waiting for the Canadian recession to bottom out and for the uh, natural resources boom to really impact their economy on a level that allows me to not only go buy good assets in Canada, good commercial real estate in Canada at deep discounts, but also take advantage of the, uh, the currency disparity between the U.S. dollar and the Canadian dollar. And, and that's going to even be doubly as good for, for us. So I'm watching and waiting for a few of these opportunities. But as any savant investor knows, you have to be patient and you have to wait and you have to time opportunities to the best of your ability. Right now where we sit at the very end of, of the first quarter in 2016, it's not time to pull the trigger on anything yet. I think really the, the only thing that I think we're really close to pulling the trigger on is investing in the energy sector. And I think that is really where we have the ability to make some super good money uh, over the next year or year and a half. Uh, that's about where I think the, 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 the threshold is for pulling the trigger on any of these deals, any of these asset classes, so to speak. But I don't know that oil will ever be the same as what it was before. Uh, I think it's going to take a lot of world events, a lot of global uh, turmoil for us to get oil up above $100 a barrel again. I don't see that happening really soon. We've uh, certainly got enough catalysts in the global uh, market to, uh, to, to create some fights over oil. That can certainly happen. But the U.S. is flooded with oil now. And fracking has effectively given us the ability to, to, uh, to tap into it. So uh, even though I don't think oil is necessarily going to head over 100 bucks a barrel anytime soon, uh, we're certainly very, very oversold in the oil market. And there's going to be some good opportunities there. But aside from that, I think I'm going to sleep really well at night being on the sidelines and waiting for the opportunities that I understand. And I'm not trying to make a bet. I'm not trying to outsmart the markets. I'm not trying to be better than everyone else. I'm not trying to be really bullish or really bearish when I don't understand intrinsic value in the market. And I think markets overbought. It's just not a time that I want to be in it. And it's okay to, to have that uh, mentality. In fact, it's a really, it, it's a sign of wisdom to have that mentality in my view. And I think investors like Warren Buffett would, have, uh, would agree completely. I'll have to ask him that question sometime. So that's my view on 2016 and 2017. That's my view on interest rates, and that's my view on the opportunities that I continue to watch very, very closely, being very careful and pulling the trigger on uh, investing you know, a lot of money in a lot of different places. Do it really wisely. I think right now it's just time to be on the sidelines. Check out uh, Beacon Bay Asset Management. Jim Willis, my good buddy, if you want to be in the markets, this guy can time it far better than I can uh, in terms of trading. And he's a, an investment advisor. He can certainly help you out with that. And uh, we'll see you Friday for our weekend summary that we're going to email you. Thanks for watching the podcast this week. Take care. God bless. And we appreciate you being a subscriber of the Savant Report. Take care.